This, this, this is you. K U T. K U T. Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my Hello, and welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. It's so good to be with you back in your studios here. Although, you know, I have to say, there's one element to our uh, broadcasts that I don't particularly appreciate, which is that it's just us. I mean, in this case, we have Jake, you know, who's producing it over there. And, but we don't have a live studio audience, you know, and even when I'm in this little you know booth with you here at KUT Studios, we've we got to do a show. So, you know, one of the things that, that we're working on, I guess our, our listeners don't know, is that we want to do a live broadcast in, in a future year, actually, on Southwestern's campus. And uh, I'm hoping that's going to happen. I hope so, too. That would be very fun. It would be very, very fun. And, and I'd love to have like the actual audience ask questions. Oh, I and, think that would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So We'll, we'll have we'll to really that. be on our feet, though. No, I'm going to sit down. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not going to stand I'm, for them. Thank you. Uh, we'll have to be on our mental feet. We are, I don't even know we what that is. We are always on our mental feet. That is, in fact, a feat in itself. That is, that is a feat in itself. And actually... One thing that we are always, yeah. I'm sure lots of adjectives are coming to listeners' minds, but the one I'm thinking about is, <laughs> I think we are always curious, even at our advanced ages. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking, I got a little curious about that, actually, and wondered if curiosity, which I think is kind of an amorphous thing, if that can actually be taught. Oh, absolutely. I think curiosity, and, and should be taught, by the way. So how how would you define curiosity, first of all? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Let's think. I would say curiosity is the mindful act of thinking beyond whatever it is that's in front of a person. And so um, what comes next what led to this? Where do I go from here? And so it really comes down to the art of creating questions, of course. So, but, but I'd say that that's how you become curious. Curiosity is looking beyond what's in front of you. So when I, yes, when I, I what, would, what do you, first of all, what, well, grade me. I'm, what do you think? I just made that up. Do you think well, that, how would you describe, I mean, I we agree. don't talk about these in advance. That's well, why, tell me what curiosity is to you. I agree Especially as you sort of got deeper into the definition, because I think some people might assume that curiosity is just asking a lot of questions. No. But they have to be particular kinds of questions that are kind of going deeper and deeper and further and further. Oh, I see. So you're actually going to now say, you're going to now order questions as good or bad, rate them. Well, not good or bad, except I could see... So let's let's take an example. Let's okay. go with a simple example, Please. right? Yeah. So let's take a cat. My love of you cats love, is you now love talking about cats. Well established. So you could ask a lot of questions about a cat. Right. What kind of paws do they have? What kind of tail do they have? What kind of how old is the cat? How? But if you're trying to learn about cats, sort of as a species or in general, 
or sort of what makes them tick, you're going to need to ask more than physical than just physical traits. But but from my vantage point, when I think about curiosity, it, it which com- killed the cat, by the way. Okay. I, that was a, a poorly chosen example of oh. That's that's for the best of higher ed, right there. Right. And yeah. how come you said it, not me? Dang it! It just oh, occurred. It just occurred to me. Um, but you know, to me, there are layers to this, and you can go deeper. But I would see even on the surface that counts as curiosity. So you know, uh, wh- why do you have a cat? Um, you know, what does the cat do to you? And then if you want to understand, you know, the kind of the metaphysics of a cat and so forth. But but I think that there are layers. And, and as long as we're wondering, as long as there's wonderment in our attitude, then I do believe that that is curiosity, no matter how deep or superficial it may be. I, I, would, I would say that superficial things um, that, again, are beyond what's in front of us still constitute some type of curiosity. So I think that's good. Um and I definitely follow along with your description, it would be, and I also love that you said you believe curiosity can be taught because, of course, the flip of that would be if the answer is no, then it means some of us are just stuck not being not curious, being curious yeah. for our whole lives and other people but, but are people, curious. But people, there are people out there, and, and I hope it's not the case, but I could even imagine some of our listeners who believe that just as they believe that, oh, I'm not a creative person or that person's more creative than I am and so forth. And these are uh, qualities. These are qualities about individuals that we can uh, make uh, amplify in our own minds. And curiosity and creativity and imagination are all some of the things that we can just do more of with intentionally practicing ways of creating and thinking. It's so great that you said that because what comes rushing into my mind are all of those things that we tell ourselves like, I'm not musical, I can't sing. Or I, you know, I was never good at math in school, I can't do math. Or, you know, I'm no, I'm not an actor. I mean, yeah. so maybe I'm not ever going to win an Academy Award, but it doesn't mean I can't try some acting and enjoy it. That's right. It doesn't mean that you have, just because you're not going to be the best and so you're going to win a Nobel Prize in something does not, or or an Oscar, does not, or what, is, what are the radio prizes? What are the radio oh, awards they're all Oh, they're all different kinds Well, give me one type. Well, there's a Murrow Award a Murrow, for journalism oh, for, uh, after in radio. After, yes, yeah. after Edward R. Edward, Murrow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but so I'm not going to win a Murrow Award maybe, but it doesn't mean that I can articulate ideas and share them through... Marconi's sound waves. And so being the best and being engaged and doing it and doing it at a level is are two separate propositions and and we can and we can always do it better. We can always be better than we are. And that's a way to live. So you said you believe curiosity can be taught and yep. should be taught. Yes. So what would a lesson in curiosity entail? How can it be taught. Well, I mean, and you can teach this in every discipline at every grade level, and I'll just give you a, a thing to do because I do this in my classes when I'm teaching math, for example, because, you know, how would you possibly teach curiosity in math where everyone hates it? Well, it's very easy. Uh, I have everyone's names on index cards, and I will pick a couple of names out at the beginning of class, and I'll say, okay, Jennifer, Tom, and Chris, you are the official questioners of the day before the end of the class. You're not supposed to answer a question, but you must ask a question. You must ask a question. And that changes their mindset. And similarly, uh, when I teach my creativity class and I bring in guests from around the country to talk about the puzzles in their interesting lives and how they've wrapped their minds around it through their own thinking, uh, those 
sometimes very serious big speakers. We had Ben Barnes, you know, who you know was a former lieutenant governor. They talked for about twenty minutes, and then the next hour plus, every student asks a question. So I am instilling this practice of creating questions because that is a way to spur curiosity. All right. Well, I am very curious. Curious. I, about I saw this one coming. The next, the next puzzler. puzzler. <laughs> We've been doing this too long now. <laughs> yeah. The segues are yes. Anyway, I have a, a neat puzzler okay. that I think um, is interesting. Good. But of course, our listeners will be the final judge. They will judge. be the judge of that. <laughs> but I think your description of it's interesting is an excellent start. Here we go. Okay. So imagine that you have two gears, a larger gear and a smaller gear. So they have these teeth. Okay. So we're t- these are- Round gears. They're round and they've got teeth so that- They, they can kind of- uh, They would interlock Interlock with each into other. each other. Okay, exactly. Got it. The larger one has 24 teeth. Okay. This is important. And the smaller one has eight teeth. And they, they interlock with each other. They're like, you know, two cogwheels. Uh-huh. And um, suppose that the larger one is fixed and okay. so doesn't move at all. Okay. But the smaller one can actually, uh, you know, spin around and then orbit the the, okay. the larger one. So it's mo- it can be mobile. It can And it is mobile, in okay. fact. And so the question is, uh, after the smaller one goes all the way around... Mm-hmm. How many times did the uh, smaller wheel uh, turn with respect to itself? How many times did it kind of... So that smaller gear. That smaller gear. Right. How many times, if you mark, for example, one of the teeth, like red, Uh how many times did that red tooth come up as it made its journey around the larger one? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm starting to draw, but I will. Let me see. I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't get it. very far. Okay. Well, see, I have an I have an idea for a way to approach this to try to figure it out. Okay, I'm good. very oh, good. excited. Okay. Well, about then, well, you have, you have a week to think about it. So you yes. have this 24 tooth gear that's right. fixed. It's meshed into a cog wheel that has eight gears. Let's say one of the cogs that's you know pointing up is painted a red, and now we have that little cog traverse go around. When it comes back to its starting position, how many times has that red uh, thing been up. Uh-huh. So how many times has it gone around? And uh-huh. that is the puzzler. I okay. hope that it solicits some curiosity. Oh, I'm very you curious. And our listeners. I'm very because curious. Because that is the theme. See, I'm bringing us back. See, I can bring us, I can segue us back into the topic. You can. Yes. I want to go back to one thing that you said in our discussion before the puzzler that I thought was very interesting. So you were giving the example of when you have speakers come to class. Right. And they might talk for 20 minutes or so yes. to the class, but then it's filled with an hour of questions. And you talked about yep. your um, habit of designating some students in classes that you teach as being the official Separately. questioners. And, and, yeah. and this thing, everyone asks Everybody a question. Asks questions. Everyone asks questions. What's so interesting to me is I know that both in the classroom and a lot of times now out of the classroom, I will have questions about whatever situation I'm in. Maybe I'm at a bank. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. at work. Maybe I'm getting my hair cut. And I don't ask them. For mm. whatever reason, I'm nervous. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to feel... Or I don't want to seem like I don't know something. So the questions are there. I just hold back on asking them because it's not that I don't want to seem curious, but I don't want to seem underinformed or something else. Right. You don't want to ask a silly question. I don't want to ask everyone... a silly question. Right. right. And, and first of all, I 
would recommend to you and others who have this natural tendency to just overcome it and and that there are no questions that are silly which everyone says but but to really believe that and you know i've i've been sitting in presentations or meetings and someone says something and all of a sudden i realize i didn't quite understand what that went i'll say well wait uh, what does that mean and the person would say well i just explained what that meant and I'll say, okay, I'm sorry, but I can you say it again <laughs> because I didn't quite get it. So you know, even questions that were I might even sound ignorant, I think it's better to ask than not. But curiosity is an internal thing, and so I talk about the art of creating questions. You don't have to ask them to be curious, but just to be thinking about why is the person doing it that way? Why does that look the way it looks? Why did the person say that and not something else? What did the person not say? Just having those thoughts and those questions in your own head generate the internal curiosity. Curiosity is an internal thing. If you have the bravado, as I hope our listeners and you will have, to then ask the questions, then we'll actually potentially learn something and grow. But even if not, we then will be instilling this this practice of curiosity. Well, and it's also great because if you think about a situation where, say, you're listening to a speaker as, yes. who has come to class or you've right. gone to a lecture or whatever, and you think of questions, but for whatever reason, you don't ask them there. Either you don't have the chance or right. you're having a moment of shyness and you don't ask. The process doesn't have to stop there if you've developed the curiosity. So maybe you go look it up later. Maybe you go find a book about that subject, or maybe the speaker wrote a book and you go read it. So it's also a great reminder through these examples that the curiosity is not sort of a defined episode that ends when the class period ends exactly. or ends when the speaking event is over. <laughs> that's a that's a brilliant point because that's exactly the the whole point is that we should always be thinking beyond that thing that's in front of us. And that means that even when it's over, you should be kind of mulling it over in your head and trying to say, what's going on here? And how do I understand it more deeply? I think that's a, that's a great way to live life. Well, Ed, thank you for helping us always mull things over <laughs> in our head. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org and wherever you get your podcasts. And if there's a topic you would like us to discuss on a future episode of Higher Ed, you can send me an email. Just email me at jstaten at kut.org. That's J-S-T-A-Y-T-O-N at kut.org. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.